This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca and Tara and I today are really excited. We have a special guest to do our reader repartee. We have Rob Maybe, who is Mark Tewksbury's business manager and partner. And during the whole process, I'm sure all of you have listened to our uh, interviews with Mark. You know, we really got to know Rob because he's that contact for us. And so we just really thought, let's see if we can get Rob to do it. Because we know he kind of pushed Mark into becoming sort of re-engaging with reading again. So we thought, let's go ahead and ask Rob. So Rob, first, we want to welcome you to our podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here myself. Great. <laughs> okay. Now we do, since people may not know too much about you, can you give us a little bit about, about who you are or anything you want to say about your background? Well, sure. Let's see. I don't know where to start, but just quickly. <laughs> Mostly I've been in arts and culture in my life and as my work. I've uh, run art galleries and um, I've been part of the local art scene in, in the city that we live in, which is Calgary, Alberta. And about the last eight to 10 years, I've been more involved in marketing and public relations. And that's when I started working with Mark, not just my partner, but now also my, my business partner. <laughs> I work with him, uh, manning his, managing his company and uh, events for him. And I was sure a huge proponent for him getting onto Canada Reads. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. And by the way, on your Instagram account. I did see that your mother is a, an amazing artist. She so is. do you want to just give her a shout out? Because I loved her work that I saw. Yeah, she she's 83. I don't think she'd mind me telling you. And she just had a great uh, opening of her paintings. Uh, she's shown for years, but this was a, a show just last Saturday. Um, beautiful paintings, whimsical, full of life, really celebrating life in her own you know, very beautiful vision. So if anyone wants to look her up, it's AudreyMaybe.com. Okay, and we will link to that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Great. Thank you. Let's get started. Our first question for the reader repartee. How did you become a reader? Well, this really clearly goes to my mom, you know, who we, we just spoke of, Audrey Maybe, and um, being a lifelong reader herself, um, I'm her only only kid and you know as the as her baby she just started reading to me right away so um you know children's books and i loved books as, as a child and we read a lot together um you know certainly before i could read myself i i, I can recall clearly you know a rainy saturdays when you know it's raining all day and we would just you know curl up and read get a big box of books and read all day so, you know, certainly I've read all my life. Um, I, I Maybe I wasn't always a, a huge reader as a young adult or teen. I guess I read Hardy Boys. And I, I think I remember sometimes kind of being discouraged by maybe tackling books that were a little bit advanced for me. But I think I would, I'd be attracted to my mom's bookcase all the time and looking at the covers and thinking that this looks good. And I might have been in a little bit over my head sometimes, but... I'd say I've just really been a lifelong reader and largely thanks to my mom. Oh, I, I love hearing that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Question number two, what book do you wish you could read again for the first time and have that experience of 
reading again, reading it again for the first time. Hmm. Well, thinking about this one, it was quite difficult, but you know, I, I think you probably don't forget the first time you read your first Murakami, Haraki Murakami. And uh, so and this wasn't that long ago, maybe in 2019. And I took on a, a big one. It was, it was maybe his 2018 book, Killing Commodatore. And, um, I was I read a review of it, I guess. I was really attracted to um, the theme and that it was, was sort of based on a homage to Fitzgerald's Great Gatsby. And um, it's about a 700-page book. So maybe for uh, Murakami beginners, it's maybe not the best place to start. But there's something about the feeling when, you're, when your world is rocked by Murakami by the magic realism that, um, you know, because it's, it started off quite slow and rather beguiling. And at some point, Mirakami just blows your mind. <laughs> and I think I'd like to uh, go back to the first time, I guess my mind was kind of blown by, um, by a book, by a, an author. Um, I've since gone into um, some other novels of him the last few years. And, um, Certainly, generally a lot, a lot smaller. Uh, Killing Commodatory is quite an epic, and um, and but they're, they're a lot of fun. He, he's such an amazing writer and a visionary, really a visionary. The creating, creating worlds. Can I just say I just read one him for the first time, but I read Norwegian Wood. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and so I'm really in, yeah. That's fascinating that you mentioned him because yeah he does have the most amazing background in terms of yeah. how much people love him worldwide norwegian wood i've read is is one of the most read novels in japan like it, mm -hmm. it everyone has read norwegian wood of a certain era of a certain generation and um it didn't quite go in it, it doesn't go into the world of the the magic realism that mm -hmm. i think that I think he's more known for, but yeah, it was a beautiful um, kind of a coming of age story. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Well, I have to join the Murakami club because I am not a member. I have not read anything of his, but I have to change that because I think Rebecca put him on my radar a few months ago when she read that book. And then as soon as you said that, Rob, I was like, okay, I have to change this, this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Killing Commodatory is 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 epic. It, it's um, it just brings you in slowly and subtly. And sometimes I it was the first of his I'd read too, and and I thought maybe it some of the dialogue suffered in translation a bit. But I mm -hmm. think it was just sort of a formal, you know, sort of a formal way Jap Japanese speakers um, are speaking to each other. And then before you know it, like pow, you're just what's going on. <laughs> I'd yeah. really recommend it, Tara. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah, it's, I wrote it down. It's on my paper right now. I get yeah. And I just want to say one other thing, too. Sheila Rogers interviewed Murakami's um, translator. He's translated most of his books into English, and that was the most fascinating interview because I hadn't read him up until that point, but at, based on that interview with his translator, I thought, okay, he's on my list. I've got to read him. And I haven't read as... As you said, I haven't read the magic realism part of his work yet, but the the translator 
wow, what an amazing story he tells about him. So anyway, maybe I'll try and find the link to that and put that on as well. I'd love to to hear that interview. I was interested that they're mostly translated by the same person. I thought, what an incredible skill, you know, that must be not just, you know, I'm translating words, but kind of getting the essence of of such an acclaimed author. Yeah. And he goes into great detail about that. And that's what was absolutely fascinating because it, like he said, it's not just a literal translation, right? You have to have oh. the essence of what the author's trying to convey. And someone like Murakami, can you imagine trying to, you know, try to pull out what he's trying to tell in a different language? Yeah, such a sensibility. Oh, another uh, interesting one, um, Tara, maybe to, to start with looking at is called yeah. After Dark maybe from about 20 years ago and um, a pretty short read. And it sort of introduces you to a little bit of his um, otherworldliness or some of the, some of the things that go on quite beyond our, our regular plane of existence. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Question three, Rob, what is your favorite opening sentence? Oh, that was such a hard one because I was, I surprised myself. I, 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 of course, I had a few in mind. Some yeah. books that were among my favorite books that were so witty and witty and wonderful, and none of them had very, <laughs> very <laughs> remarkable first sentences. Until I found a book that I really love, a beautiful book, "The Good Soldier: A Tale of Passion" from Ford Maddox Ford. Yeah. And I think I first read this when I was I was studying. Um, at the University of Calgary as an English English major and studying studying the modern novel, and it's a it's a beautiful story. I think it was published in 1915 first, and um, so certainly in the days of World War One. And, and tell me if this line doesn't lure you in. Part one, page one. This is the saddest story I have ever heard. Period. <laughs> I got that's chills. A good one. Yeah, that's, a, that's good one. a good one. Wow. Okay. Well, and again, we will link to all of the books that uh, that are mentioned uh, today. So now, here's a different direction. Not we're not going to go with sentence this time, but we're going to go. Which? Uh, what is your favorite book cover? Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I studied design and illustration at art college um, before I went to university and studied English literature. So I really have always responded visually, you know, and, and as an art curator. Um, so I, I kind of often go with a whole series of books that uh, it's not just one cover, it's, but it's the whole series that are often by the same illustrator or, or design design house. So I found this beautiful collection in my library of paperbacks by Louis de Bernier, probably from the um, mid nineties or early nineties and his whole kind of earliest, early, early novels up to Captain Corelli's mandolin. So it's, it's the, the illustrations um, also the, the font and the text is um, also by the same art. It's kind of fully incorporated into the design. So it's not just an illustration or a photograph, a photograph, but also the, integration of the text and the font and the uh, the illustrations are by jeff fisher the cover design is button design company so this is um certainly captain crowley's mandolin and the three novels that preceded that the troublesome offspring of cardinal guzman 
the war of Don Emanuel's nether parts and Senior Vivo and the Coco, Coca Lord. So those four that are all done by this art artist are really, really visually, visually fun to look at. And um, I think worked really well for those, those early, um, the Bernier novels. Oh, I can't wait to look at, look at those yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, this was a hard one because I, I, there were so many other things that I really loved. So I had a runner up. Do you want to know what my runner up was? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. There, there was a series by Patricia Highsmith that wrote um, The Talented Mr. Ripley, turned into a film in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And she also wrote Strangers on a Train, the Hitchcock. that was turned into the Hitchcock film in the 50s. Oh. So there is a whole series of, of Ripley novels. I think there's about, I think I've got five from, uh, let's see, W.W. W. Norton, published in the... I'm not sure exact, exactly when they're published, published, but beautiful black and white photography um, on each one of them. So again, another really series and a beautiful series of black and white photographs by Rodney Smith. So that, that's kind of a, a cool series too. If I get to have two answers, that would be my second. <laughs> yep, absolutely. You get two answers, 100%. <laughs> Just have one when it was covers. Okay, our last question, Rob. Which author, living or dead, would you like to meet in person and why? Okay, I'm just limiting myself to one on this one. Okay. <laughs> so this was hard to choose. And I just went with something that it was kind of recent in my trajectory, you know, uh, something that I've been reading lately. So first I read a, a novel a while ago by... Uh, wrote it down because I can remember it by Paula McLean called Circling the Sun. And it's it's about a woman, Beryl Markham. And then I read Beryl Markham's own memoir of the same period. And it's called West with the Night by Beryl Markham. And she's fascinating. So I think I respond really well to, to people who kind of challenge the conventions of their day who were you know, somehow going against the societal norms and we're, we're really breaking ground as individuals. And she's really fascinating. Her paths intersected with um, Isaac Dennison and some of the characters in, in Kenya in, in that day. And it's it's a story of a woman in the, in the 1920s and 1930s who moved as quite a young girl to Kenya with her father and became just it was just a remarkable woman, especially you know for any time, but especially in in those times when when the roles of women were quite different and quite defined by your society. And um, she became a, a racehorse trainer and one of the early aviators, and um, just as a memoir and a novel, like both the the memoir and the novel, really made me think. Man, it would be fascinating to have dinner with this this woman and talk to her about her life. Wow. I love that answer. Oh my gosh. Because yeah, you, I, okay, Rob, I just have to say you gave us a lot to work with in terms of, I'll be looking up those, uh, that information and putting it on the, uh, in the notes, the show notes, but yeah, it, it, you did a super job with answers. What do you think, Tara? Oh yeah. I have a <laughs> list of books going. Like I've gotten, a, I've added five or six books to my, TBR list. Thanks. Oh, well, <laughs> it, was it was really fun to, 
to think about these answers and, and, um, you know, and limit myself to, you know, really think about it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much. We so appreciate that you took time out of your day to chat with us. And, and we're really excited to just really look at all of these different perspectives that people, that readers bring to it, which is why we decided to do this kind of thing once a month. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really enjoy what you're doing. And thanks for keeping the conversation going. Thank Thank you, you. Take care. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.